guys, we're back. It's Marissa. I messed up the first attempt at recording this because Hanley trusted me with the introduction and I messed it up. But we're here. Hello, how are you? Um, we were talking about how this was like a Chuck E. Cheese on crack introduction and then we started talking about Hanley's crack because she's been at the beach and the sand up in it. So Han, how are you? First of all, how dare you? How dare you out me? And my sandy habits like that. And mind you, they were in my toes. Okay. If it's in your toes, it's in your crack. Don't what? Did you what sit on sand did you destinations sit, have you been on? Did you sit on the beach? No, girl. I sat on a beanbag. What kind of monster do you think I am? I would never water? sit just No, I went to I went to walk the dogs on the beach and then I sat on a beanbag and then I left in haste because I had to come back for this recording. You go to the beach. And refuse to sit on sand. Okay, I don't know what's worse now. Because I, at first I was judging you for having sand in your crack during recording. Now I'm judging you for the fact that you fear having sand in your crack to the extent that you'll sit on a beanbag while walking the dogs on the beach. Okay, so you're telling me if there was an option to sit on a beanbag or the sand, you would sit on the sand? Yeah, man. That's eat, pray, love. That's my kind of vibe. Marissa, eat your words. <laughs> One day we're going to be on a beach. <laughs> There's going to be a beanbag. And I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. I have it on recording. You want to go take a seat right here on the sand next to me? Be my guest. Yeah, but like out of principle, you know I'm going to do it. Because I will never forget I know, this moment. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, for clarity, my my crack has no sand in it. Marissa, thanks. But my toes are sandy. Because you washed it. Rude. Rude. No. You didn't wash your feet. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we are in a weird mood today. You're doing this to yourself, man. <laughs> You're doing this to yourself. We're, I don't know how to follow up with that. How are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I I was actually really grumpy earlier, but then I I put on my Cheerio t-shirt. Like, look, and it really changed my mood. Uh, just like that. Ah. Uh, I see. So you were in a bad mood, you put on the shirt, now now you're cheeky. Now you're in a cheeky mood because you got a cheeky bee on your shirt. I see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to run with it. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Just let me have it, man. I'm struggling oh. <laughs> again. I'll let you have it. Um, so what's, what's your, what's the theme of your life recently? What's new? Hmm. So we could dive straight into the rent or I could just like buffer it with like, oh, you know, things are good, taking care of my health, taking care of my business. Um, But I've been thinking a lot in the last, basically since my birthday, because I had an amazing birthday. Um, I had three days of celebrating with different groups of appropriate COVID size um, and having just like catch ups with people who are really important to me and then people showing me how much they care. And it's been amazing. And then, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if you ever get the post birthday blues where like the next day you kind of come off the high of all the celebration and you're like, oh, I'm sad now. Do you get that? Mm. Um, I don't know if I get it from birthdays, but I do know what you mean from like the come down of any celebration. It's a bit like, oh, back to life. Yeah, like I don't know if my natural serotonin levels are walking such a tightrope of a fine line that like too much joy for too long makes me sad the next day. I don't really know. You know what? I get this. I get this at New Year's. I get this at New Year's time because it's Christmas and then it's New Year and then you're like 
back into January and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Your serotonin levels, like the fine tightrope. I think that's just life, girl. I think that's just how the world and the universe has this funny, fucked up way of balancing us out. The moment we're like, woohoo, I'm on cloud nine. The world's like, <laughs> here's a little bitch slap. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this leads me to my next point, which is what the fuck? Like, why? <laughs> why? So the reason I loved my birthday so much this year was because not only was it just, you know, being around people that I really care for and they care for me, but also it was just sort of the like the the marker of the end of this year of my life and how much has happened in 2020 and obviously everyone's dealing with so much of their own shit and for my personal shit basically being like oh my god we made it like we are on the other side of that year like we we survived 28 years old um and then it kind of got me thinking about like how much work you know i've put in this year to pick myself up like i hit rock bottom multiple times like a lot like you guys have heard me talk about it. I've ranted about it forever. Um, and we're not going to dig back into it. But I'm just saying that, like, I reflected on the fact that I've taken steps to improve my physical health, taken steps to improve my mental health, my professional, you know, my career trajectory, socially, like things that I'm doing. But then when you kind of get knocked off course again, and then you have your low point, it's kind of like, well, why am I putting in so much work to achieve this? I don't know, this self-improvement, this fulfillment, this joy, this actualization, if the simplest yeah. thing's going to knock me off track and I'm going to feel sad about it again. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I do. I do. Because you put so much effort and it's so hard to see the bigger picture when you're doing this type of work, right? Like when you're doing the healing, when you're doing the self-reflection, when you're getting introverted and whatnot, you're, it's everything works in fractions. So you don't get like you get it a little bit of a high, but I feel like this type of work is rewarding with time and with practice. And so suddenly like you fall off and the amount that you fall is not the same amount that you climb. It's literally like three steps forward, five steps back, and then four steps forward here, seven <laughs> steps back because it, it just yeah, because the falls feel harder. But I get that. I get that for sure. I mean, especially when you have um, time markers for it, right? Like you say it's your birthday. I say New Year. Because these kind of like act as like giant flags of moments in our timeline where we can compare who we were a year ago and our situation. And then sometimes through that comparison, it, it pulls up shit. Like I definitely went through it a year after my breakup with my long, long boyfriend I was with my ex for seven years. The fuck? You know, that's like my whole <laughs> 20s. When I reached the point where I was like, oh, my God, we broke up a year ago. It was hard because at the same time, I'm proud of my progress. But it's also like, oh, it was like a big year. And I just want someone to like put me in a burrito and like give me like melted cheese and nachos and just feed me and not judge me for melted cheese. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. it's hard. Yeah, no, this is exactly what I'm saying. Um, but then I was also just, I feel like this year has been the year where a lot of people have faced these sorts of challenges because it has been really confronting. But then, and then we hear phrases like, okay, well, you know, 
at the end of the day, it's down to us. We have to put in the work and like, you know, we have to, we have to figure this out for ourselves. We have to empower ourselves, but I'm, and I believe that, but I'm also at the point where I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm tired, you know, like I know I completely agree with you that we can't really see the bigger picture for what it is because we can't really see the view before we hit the summit. But there's also a little bit of me that says, when do we just get to stop and be like, I'm not perfect. Like it's still a bit shit, but you know what? I'm going to have a good time anyway. Like I feel like there's so much out there in terms of social media. There's a lot of Instagram therapy. I don't know if it's my algorithm basically telling me something, but they keep giving me life advice and I'm not really sure. Some of it is frankly terrible advice, but I just feel like we're kind of keep getting inundated with this message, like this motivational, keep going, keep striving, keep improving. And then you kind of, it feels like I'm on a treadmill to like attain this vision of my future self that I've idealized. And like, no matter how far I make it, I can't actually stop. I can maybe give myself a break. I can, I can just relax and take a few days off and just be a potato, like you say. But then, I mean, then what happens? Like, do I slip backwards? Do I have to make up for lost time? Like, am I okay to just stay where I am? Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's, it's almost like an endless well, yeah, it can be. It can be this endless treadmill of self-improvement. And I think that combined with your personality anyway, I mean, you are quite the perfectionist, right? Would you say that? Like, would you say that you set high standards for yourself? Like, would you say you're competitive with yourself? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I think that if you add these elements of who you are into something which is already never ending, it can become a repetitive shit show (laughs) for a lack of better words. But you know, it's interesting because this year, so many of us, all of us, I dare say, have dipped into the waters of just like discomfort, like some hard truths about ourselves, some like, you know, real moments of growth. And this is where our insecurities kind of like breed in. You know, and as long as people have insecurities, we're always going to feel like we need to fix them and we need to do better. And then like that just feeds into each other. The more we realize how much we need to fix ourselves, the more that we can like start to feel insecure about, oh, I didn't know I had so much to fix. And you kind of go into this like loophole of self-improvement. But I don't think that the work ever ends. And I think it's just like what you're feeling right now, a moment where we can just be like, no, I'm good where I'm at right now, like potholes and everything, like cracks in my wall. I'm fine with this. And like, fuck you, Instagram algorithm for making me feel like I need to drink more water today. You know what I mean? Like, what if I'm okay with the sand in my crack? Yeah. You know? (laughs) I don't think. Yeah, sure. Let's let's leave it there for a bit. (laughs) Let's, let's bring that back. Sure. Let's bring that back. I just, yeah, I, No, I think you're right. I just, I kind of worry that I'm like, I'm personally not one, like I don't really read self-help books. I don't attend like improvement seminars. I don't, I don't have a life coach, that sort of thing. But, you know, I feel like there is the societal pressure. There is an industry out there that's basically 
edging us towards like you're supposed to figure it out. I feel like this terminology for everything. Like I feel me taking a few days to say I'm imperfect and I'm just going to live with that for a bit is is now tokenized as like um oh god what's the word like self-compassion or or um practicing you know living in the moment practicing intention practicing being present like there's always this terminology now that i feel like it's kind of funneling down that there's there's so many boxes to tick there's so many things to do i completely feel you in that it's kind of like people started using the term authentic like to the point of just exactly a total eye roll like someone could be a bitch and say it as it is and oh she's so authentic but that no like no like just because she says it as it is just means that she's brutally honest and that's not always like authentic you know what I mean like authentic what do you like authentic I think means that like you embrace your differences and you own that and that's who you are but authenticity can live with kindness you know what I mean Mm, but then people like see characters and figures out there who are like really brass and like they say it as it is and they call people out and they're like, oh my God, I love them. They're so real. They're so authentic. And you're like, no, they're, they're an dick. asshole. And they're, <laughs> yeah, they're just an asshole. And we're just like praising them and using like authenticity without with disregarding like just kindness. And so I think that's what you're saying by all these things are getting funneled down yeah. into boxes and it's confusing. Yeah. And I think we're also applying this vocabulary to it. That means that like, we're all supposed to see things in a very similar way. We're supposed to define them in a similar way. Like when we think of contentment or fulfillment, like everything is a technique or like a method or a mantra. And I just, I'm getting really tired of thinking that everything is in like, like, we're supposed to be pursuing radical self-acceptance or like this unshakable self-worth. And that's just not, it's just not human. Like we're supposed to be flawed. We're supposed to be a little bit broken. Like we're supposed to always need a little bit of extra grease in our wheel because that's what makes us who we are. But I think, I mean, if I think about it, I guess it makes sense because it's an industry, right? Like the people that we see on Instagram who are putting out their quotes or whatever, like they, they're practitioners, they're selling a product, but like any industry, right? Like it's geared to make money and the best way to, generate money is to generate need and then how do we generate need we need to tell people that their lives aren't okay without this extra guidance this extra assistance we're meant to remind people that they're not good enough it's just like the beauty industry like you know like tell a woman that she's not this enough and let's sell the product to her that will fix that it's the same cycle when it comes to self-help in that sense it's like oh we see where you may feel like you have some space to fill well i created a course for that and here you go it is it's a it's yeah but i completely agree with humans are meant to have cracks in our system we're meant to be flawed and we're not always meant to be striving to make everything a fucking lesson or a meaning like you know i had this conversation the other day and this person was there's this person out in the world who triggers me right because we all have triggers um and i don't know how like i don't know how this came up but the person i was talking to about this she was like Whenever someone triggers me, I normally use it as a reflection to what is it about myself that they're triggering? And what is it within myself I don't like that I see within them? And I was so pissed off by this because I was like, you know what? No, 
Because sometimes people are annoying because they're not your type of person. Sometimes someone's annoying and that's that. It's got nothing to do with what's what's within myself, what's a reflection of who I am. Like sometimes this is just the way it is and we don't always have to fix it and make it great and turn it into an Instagram moment. Like sometimes yeah, not everything the requires like a depth of explanation. I completely agree. But then I do want to I want to ask you because you and I are fairly different in our approaches. Like you, you do, you know, take up these courses and then you put yourself in situations where you like coaching circles and what have you. So your perception of it is very different from mine. And I want to know, like, what keeps you motivated to kind of keep looking for new ones or what kind of, how do you know when you want to take something versus whether it's something you can just leave and be like, actually, I don't need that. Yeah. Well, it's a struggle, right? It's interesting. I've learned so much in the last year because of my partner. So for those of you guys who haven't stalked him on Instagram, his name's <laughs> Emil Steenfeld, and he's an emotional intelligence coach. And out here in Bali, there are so many fucking coaches. Like, it so is insane. Coaches. There are so many coaches. There, I met a coach who coaches other coaches on how to sell their online courses. And I was like, what? That is specific. There, you, can, you can be a coach for anything, but he's a coach. Um, our roommate is also a coach. So I'm just like by proxy surrounded by coaches. And a year ago before I met him, I was you, Marissa. I was laughing at Fiona in a very loving way because she was reading a self-help book. And I picked up the book and I was like, girl, the, come on, why are you reading this? And now I'm like dating a self-help book, which is hilarious. And through my exposure from this, I don't know. I think it really depends on the personality. For me, I can like I admire people who um, are open to help. People, people, clients who need coaching, people who want coaching. Like hats off to you. That's so fucking respectable because that's like a sense of letting your guard down and and wanting to improve yourself. And I think that's beautiful. So there's that. But for me personally, I learned through experiences and situations. I don't do well with someone telling me what to do or suggesting things or trying to advise me in my life. Like not really, like very few people in my life I take hard advice from, like maybe four of you guys, you know? So Am I me, one of them? It's when I learn, you are annoyingly one of them, but I'm, yeah. I'm only going to tell you that once, <laughs> this one time. <laughs> yeah, but it's recorded but for eternity. So is good. <laughs> yeah. So when you sit on the sand, when I'm in that beanbag, <laughs> we, mm -hmm. we've got a good balance here. But no, but I, I learned from my own experiences and putting myself in places out of my comfort zone. And that's how I discover myself. And then I use that as a reflection to kind of go within. So when it comes to self-improvement, I kind of like to think that where I'm at at this point in my life, I'm still guided by the boundary testing of myself if that makes sense sure i mean like the conscious party for example like that was a testing of your own personal limits literally yeah my <laughs> physical limits my god yeah what about you though i i am similar in that i've always been a learn by doing type of person or frankly i learned by thinking um because i was always very studious so trying to grasp an understanding of something that was theoretical and then trying to see if i could apply it in practice was just what i did um 
I have never, I've obviously got people around me that offer me advice when I need some clarity because I can't think straight or I'm too close to an issue for me to see things clearly. And for that, I'm always grateful. But I don't think to my conscious knowledge that I've ever read a self-help book or come across something online or heard, you know, a self-help podcast and thought, oh, you know what? I didn't on any level know that already. Like I didn't, like, I don't know, honestly, if they've ever yielded me personal benefit. It's always been the people around me that have sort of acted as like, you know, when you're bowling and then you have the bumpers come up and they just kind of keep you on the right track, but you're still generally free to move by yourself. That's the, like, I feel like that's what's offered me the strongest guidance in my life, but I don't have an affinity for like the self-help industry personally. Okay. So what's interesting there is that you, so you, I mean, you're a very wise person and you know a lot of things because you understand the logic and the theory behind them. Like you give great advice and you're sound with it because like you can just kind of see a situation and you can break down like, oh no shit, look at this, duh. You know, like especially when it comes to how people carry out their lives, right? But that's still, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's still led by your head, right? Like that's still led by your thoughts, and I think that what makes us different is that I, I lead by heart and I'm straight up like e- emotions, like whatever's pulling me, fear, all those feelings, like literally bodily instincts. Like that is how I've always kind of like driven myself. So the lessons that I, I can, I can say that have improved me or the really like pinnacle moments in my life have always been out of a situation where I've come out with the emotional battle wounds of it. And I've always lived like that. Like even from a young kid, even down to school, I could never, like, even in the ways that I learned, I was like, I'm a kinesthetic, kinesthetic learner. I can't learn by theory or by reading. I have to feel (laughs) in order to learn. (laughs) So I've always felt like, yeah, I learned my lessons like through the emotional, just turmoil of living through them and coming out with the knowledge of like, now I know, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, I have definitely been told that I attempt to apply logic to even emotional scenarios because I'm looking for structure and looking for reason as my means of guidance through it, which was what made my breakup so difficult was because I was trying to do the correct thing. I was trying to figure out, I was trying to make sense of a situation that did not make sense. It Things didn't add up. Two plus two didn't equal four. It equaled like negative 75. Like there was so, it threw me, right? But I think if I, I think when I was younger, a lot of my reactions to situations were guided by emotion because I was such an anxious child and I wouldn't do anything. I'd be spurred into inaction by the fact that I was overwhelmed by this feeling of fear or lack of certainty or dread. So I had to train myself to think of it in a more logical way and be like, that emotion actually won't be the thing that endures through the situation. The moment you take that leap, the moment you put yourself in it, and then you know you find out. And that's why I've done most of the things in my life of being like, I'm terrified, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
Um, so I think, yeah, like, I think it's, oh man, this is turning into like a proper therapy session. Just FYI, listeners, like, I don't know if you're still with us, but damn, this is heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I also like to mask my emotions with humor. (laughs) But yeah, everyone knows um, that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just, I don't know. Uh, Okay. But, but, but here's the thing, right? It's kind of like going back to the beginning. What even spurred this conversation? We're talking about self-improvement, right? And self-improvement, like it, it's kind of like feeling first and then breaking down later. You know what I mean? You're kind of allowing yourself to be vulnerable with yourself first and then using that to break down the root of it. Mm. And if you're saying that, oh, you're at, you're coming from a place and you've had, you have anxiety. And even as a kid, you know, your thoughts would stop you or save you or protect you. That was your safety. Like it can feel even more so for you that when you enter the world of self-improvement, your thoughts are like, nope, 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 wait, wait, hold, hold the fuck up. You know, like putting on tiny like breaks for you, buffers to kind of like save yourself. Cause that's just not, that's just how you cope with things. Am I wrong? I mean, the emotion, like my, I think in terms of dealing with emotions is I was always such a sensitive kid. Like I, I cry all the time. My parents were like, oh my God, just stop, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think, I think I've always been very emotionally aware of myself because it would run contra- in contrast to whatever my thought process was to having to reconcile the two. I think in terms of entering like the world of self-improvement and not see, lo- not looking at it for a moment as an industry, but looking at it as just like a general pursuit of, you know, trying to be better, like trying to attain who you want to be based on a version of yourself that you'd like, you'd respect more by, you know, working hard to get there. I think the, I think the thing that's kind of bogging me down lately is that, I just have this question of like, when do we actually just get to like switch off and like live for what we already created? And, you know, the, the first 29 years of my life before shit hit the fan and rather than like what we have left to build. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's literally like, OK, can I stop to smell the roses now? Like, can I just yeah. be? Can I just like, you know, take a pause? And honestly, yeah, you absolutely can. Like, there. You can. And it's so good that I think that people need to recognize that self-improvement is never ending, man. It's never ending. This thing will go around in circles. And as life progresses, you're always going to find new parts of yourself that you would like to work or that you feel could improve. It will never end. And like, let's also talk about the, the hit, the high that we get when we realize something about ourselves and when we have these breakthroughs or downloads about who we are you know it's addictive it's addictive people go and people jump from self-help guru to self-help guru or even religion to practice or blogger or instagram follower like people jump people jump to these like areas and people who are kind of like sharing the good word of how to self-improve because when you are on it and when you do do the work and you do get a hit, it is a high. It's addictive. 
And just like any addiction, it can keep going in cycles and cycles. And like any extreme, it can get disruptive. So yeah, to answer your question, when can you stop? Whenever you want to, whenever you feel like, okay, maybe I'm going to take a pause because I just want to enjoy myself at this current state. And I think this is something that people need to hear in 2020. People are always pushing this message of like, this is the year for change. This is the year for improvement. Like what shift are you going to make? Because we're going through this whole profound thing. And it's great. It's beautiful. People are being motivated more than ever to look in places within themselves, which I don't think a lot of people have in the past. But also, like, remember that it's okay to just love yourself with flaws and alls as it is. Or maybe looking at all the shit that you might have to go through. It's kind of like looking at the road ahead when you open these books and these passages of self-improvement. You look at the road ahead and you see all the, like, rubble and all the, like, trees and vines in the way to make the road clear. And you're like, I don't know if I'm ready to walk through that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. Yeah. It's yeah. just about I knowing think, your limit. I think you nailed it with the this year was sort of when we really pushed that narrative down people's throats. Like, oh, what are you doing with your lockdown? How many languages on Duolingo are you learning? How many loaves of sourdough did you bake today? Sort of thing. And it was like, you couldn't just sit in a pandemic and watch Netflix and be like, because people would, people were starting businesses being like, I had so much time on my hands. And I'm like, I... I'm struggling. I mean, I, I actually, so my dad's going to listen to this and he's going to, he's, he's just going to get big headed about it. But like he, the birthday card he wrote me made me cry twice in the back of the car on my way to dinner <laughs> because he wrote it in a, he wrote the card in a way that just made the clearest amount of sense. And it was the thing that kind of, I'm going to start crying now just thinking about it. It was the thing that gave me a breath of fresh air to be like, you're okay to pause. Like, you're okay Aww. to just... The way he wrote it, I actually pulled it up. He said, he said, your spirit animal is a sloth because it's the one that lurks deep inside the overachiever we've come to know. But just remember that when you are busting balls and taking names, you should go fast enough to get there, but slow enough to see it along the way. And like, oh. Oh my god, Jesus. it's falling. I'm welling up. Like I'm actually That is <laughs> that is so beautiful. God damn. Papa True. Man, you are so lucky to have parents that love you this much. Oh no, I am. Like I I can't praise my parents wanna, enough for You wanna know you wanna know something that actually happened? My mom got mad at me on my birthday because I didn't bring my own birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually excellent. I love that. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like the dinner was over and she looked at me and she was like, where's the cake? And I was like, Jesus Christ, didn't you bring it? And it was just like, <laughs> I wish yeah, I made no. this up. I wish I made this up. <laughs> and then amazing. And then the bill came and she gave me a look as if I was like going to pay for it. And then my dad came and swooped in like, whoa, 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 this is her birthday. Oh, okay, I didn't God. mean to make it about my mother's stingy ways, but lol. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it was just that was because I was already getting this feeling of like, I have to keep working. I have to keep striving. Like, I'm not done yet. I'm not out of the woods. And I remember speaking to someone and they were saying, you know, you seem so much better than you were when I last saw you a couple, like a month ago, when I think I was just at my 
absolute lowest a couple months ago, maybe. And I just remembered thinking about it and being like, I don't know how robust these improvements are. Like, I don't know if I'm building all of these, like making everything progress, but it's all made out of just glass that could shatter at any second, or if actually laid down strong foundations. Because like, what if something, you know, what if something trips me up tomorrow and then I'm right back to square one? Like, it's just, but to basically have, you know, my dad turn around and be like, it's okay to just go slow. It's okay to just work it out as you go. It was just... I could finally just be like, I don't need to figure it out by, you know, January. Like, I'm okay to just fall down a couple extra times if I need, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it, yeah. God damn. Seriously, though, this is just an insight. <laughs> and you want to know something is that what you're going through is you putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Like, that's it. It's like you, that's yeah. it. You, you are literally like, being pressed under your own pressure. But you want to know what's so nice about pressure? And you're going to roll your eyes so hard when I say this. Oh, I, I know what's coming. You're going to say it makes a diamond, aren't you? It's going to make a fucking diamond, girl. Oh, hey. my God. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a dick. Like, really? <laughs> Uh, oh come on come on okay i'll give give it to you i'll give it to you but i'm also like man these diamonds gotta work like when do i get to be shiny (laughs) what gotta be shiny now oh yeah no that that comes later diamonds are not very nice when they come out of the earth but they are precious okay yeah Uh, but what you're going through this whole like putting pressure on ourselves we do it to ourselves all the time i think Mm -hmm. i on I actually don't think I've met somebody who doesn't put pressure on themselves. Maybe a monk or like a priest or or maybe someone up in Ubud who's reached enlightenment. But apart from that, I have not met a single person who have not has not put all this pressure on themselves. You know, so okay, so coming back to the self-improvement thing. One of the reasons yeah. Rosa and I really kicked this off is because the last time we touched base, she was like, man, I'm tired of trying to improve myself. And I was like, well, funny, I'm just about to jump on a Tony Robbins seminar, right? Yeah. Like two polar opposites of this like situation. And I was like, you know what? Let's talk about this after. So update. I didn't finish the seminar because it was a four-day seminar, but it was in American time zone. And that meant that I would have had to pull all-nighters. And I just can't apply myself to self-improvement when I want to go to bed. It's just, nah. Sleep (laughs) trumps everything, even Tony Robbins. I'm sorry, Mr. Robbins. But when I was on this call for the first day, it was really amazing because they did this whole, like, live stream with all these people. And, you know, he spent $5 million setting up this tour, like, just the technology behind it. Anyway, insane experience. But, but... As people were on the screen, you get people to sh- who are sharing about themselves. And then one part of it, they they break off your screen into little breakout rooms. And then you um, get grouped into Zoom calls with five strangers. And within this phone call, you are to share with the strangers like a list of things that are your limiting beliefs. Things that are holding you back from, from developing into the best you. And what was interesting is that on this phone call is that the theme that everyone shared 
the long lists that everyone wrote down of what was blocking them from really achieving or going on to level up and all that shit was themselves. And that is because all we do is we put pressure on ourselves day in, day out. Like, we want to succeed. We want to do this. We want to be better at this. We should be doing this. Oh, I wasted my time doing this. The idea of wasting time has become so toxic and so, like, so effective that the, even the term wasting time gets people so anxious about what that even means, you know? So I just want you to remember, and to anyone who has, by the way, if you have listened to this part of the episode, <laughs> to remember that this crazy pressure we all put on ourselves is universal. We all do it. And like, if someone can be pushing the message of how to stop putting pressure on yourselves, like, this is what I want to hear. That's going to be, that's it, man. I'm going to be a life coach. I'm going to be a life coach. And my whole thing is going to be, why don't you just stop and chill out? Like, have a good time. You know, things will improve with effort. Sure. But if you could, you could take it easy for a bit. Like, let's just, you know, let's just watch a movie, have some snacks. And just be okay. That's just a friendship, man. People yeah, should just hire you. Frankly, that's that's what we need more of. We just need friends to be like, no, man, don't worry about it. I think you're cool. That's done. We should set up like a system where you can just rent like a good friend. Like, you know what? Huh? Like, ex- you trying you to just want to hang out? out. Always. Are you pimping me out? Yes, your friendship hoe name is now Diamond. So <laughs> if anyone wants to rent Diamond for a good time, good time meaning support, snacks, and movie nights, you can hit her up at just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah, or like if people come to me and I have to refer them to my boss, I'll be like, you need to email Sandy Crack at uh, com. You motherfucker. You asshole. That's going to be your name, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Sandy. Crack? Hi, Ms. Hi, Mrs. Crack. Sandy Sandy Crack as my friendship pimp name. I sound like some fucking soccer mom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is exactly. Sandy. Are you looking for a best friend? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You soccer mom organizes all the play dates. It's perfect. Actually, you're true. You're you're right. You're correct. Soccer moms are I the know, original friendship pimps. They are. <laughs> I can't believe that actually worked out. Like that metaphor it worked actually, out perfectly. It totally ran through Sandy Crack and her team. I mean, I like guys. I'm I'm not going to apologize, but I do recognize that I vented a lot this episode. You've probably got a very slightly different idea of who you're dealing with because I had a lot of bottled up feelings on this one. Um, I'm surprised you didn't cry. I saw a couple times. You're, I saw oh, it. Low key. I saw fighting it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I Especially see. I the... can see you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. What? <laughs> I can yeah, see you. No. Um. Yeah. This isn't. This isn't my usual modus operandi for how I like to conduct myself on this podcast because I want to be the light relief for everybody, you know, in their morning commutes or whatever, but. If you are still listening, I really do value the fact that, you you know, you you listened and you took on what I had to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks for letting me be vulnerable. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. And oh, my God, I actually do feel somewhat like a mother right now being like, "Ah!" (laughs) 
Yes, oh, you want so some many orange feelings. God you want damn. some orange slices with that vulnerability, Marissa? You want a little? Can I have a caprice? Would you like? Would you like a caprice? Cap- I was just gonna ask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. Well, guys, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm me. Yeah, it's like in, wait, wait. I was gonna say, like, enough about me. Are you okay? Like, you good? <laughs> You know what? I'll I'm good. I'll say you, yeah. You guys can check my Instagram. You know how I I share a lot there. So I'm cool. <laughs> uh, all right. This is a gorgeous moment for us to zoom it down. Um, for real though, guys, if you stuck around, we appreciate the support. I'm not even going to tell you to go hit those buttons because you already know what to do. We're going to be back on uh, more juicy stuff next week. I see that you probably realize we went down a very sexy rabbit hole from like sex ed to just sex. So we're now moving away from that for a little bit because ever since we shared about our sex positive angle, like we've been getting all sorts of messages to like promote sex toys, sex parties. Like even today, I got a message that someone would like me to promote sex items on my Instagram. And I, I mean, sure. But balance, man, balance. I mean, in the self-improvement, self-help industry, that's just called manifesting. Right? I'm I I don't know if you're saying that was snark. Absolutely snark. It's pure snark. Oh, you asshole. You know I love that shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know I'm all about that world. <laughs> it was oh, on my bitch. vision board, just vibrators and money. <laughs> that was it. That's excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to leave you now. Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to hit us up if you want to follow up on this chat, and we will get back to you. Any out uh, outing words, Marissa? Um, just that if you relate to anything that I've said or it's something that you've personally questioned, hit me up. I kind of, I, I'd like the chat. Cool. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.